It's an all-new season of the Football NYC Big Blue Breakdown podcast on YesNetwork.com. Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy of BigBlueInteractive.com give the best Giants analysis week to week. And now, Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Football NYC's Big Blue Breakdown podcast, an up-close look at the New York football Giants. Joe Cal, along with Eric Kennedy from the Big Blue Interactive website, the number one Giants fan message board on the web. And I tell you, I haven't heard many people patting themselves on the back after a loss, but for the Giants, I think they did a good share of that after they lost to the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night, which I could look at it as the glass half empty and the glass half full. My question to you, Eric, is which side you want to look at first? Well, I think it's glass half full. Um, just the half empty part of it is where where was this intensity before? But you know, they 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 very much were in this game. I think last week you and I were 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 saying we didn't expect them to win, but we said, man, we just want them to come out and play hard. We want a good game, and that was as entertaining a football game as you'll see in the NFL. I think it was the fourth highest rated television regular season game since 2007. Um, and you know it was a it was a great game back and forth. It was exciting, it was, and the Giants had a ch- a chance to win that game. There was some questionable officiating in the game. I'm sure we'll get into. Um, you know, obviously, if the defense makes a stand there, um, we we might be having another. Um, we might be even happier than we are. But I think we're just pleased mostly that they came out and they played hard. We saw the intensity that we didn't see the week before when they were playing New Orleans. That's the word I want to use, intensity, because if the Giants played like this every week this year, they'd probably have only two losses, which would be the last two weeks. And there was no way they're going to lose to the Redskins the first week if they played like this against the Seahawks and against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I just think that it's a shame that the Giants kind of need that back-against-the-wall mentality to show up every week when they're paid professionals. And if the fans look at it as a great opportunity for the Giants to go out there and really show everything that they have, I don't know why the players don't take a step back. And I don't know why the preparation would be different or why the mentality would be different. They only play 16 games in a season, in a regular season. I think the intensity should be there every week. But as much as you and I talk about it, it's clear that it's not there. And I don't want to go along saying that it's the coach's fault, or maybe there's the lack of leadership on the team. Fact of the matter is, this team showed up and for the most part played a really, really solid game against a very, very good quarterback right now. Probably the best that we've seen in a long time at his position. And you've got guys like Manning and Brady the last couple of years in the game. And, you know, the last drive... I mean, come on, Eric. I'm a Giants fan. Did you ever think in 58 seconds he wasn't going to get them to field goal position? <laughs> well, well, you know, he made a couple of heck of throws on that on that drive. I mean, it wasn't like the Giants um, just sort of bent but didn't break down. You know, there were some amazing throws. That the throw that he had to start the drive was just out of the outstretched fingertips of of Williams, the linebacker, and then on the play that he got them in the field goal range. Justin Tuck blew by his guy and got right on top of uh, Rodgers immediately. I mean, he was right. He was about to sack him, and even Tuck said he thought he was throwing the football away. And he, he you know, and that's where the injury situation comes up because who do you have on the other end? You've got Will Blackman, and I'm not going to heavily criticize the guy because he was just signed off the street for God's sake. But you know, Rodgers 
made some incredible plays. Um, and I'm not again. I'm not giving the Giants defense a pass here, but I'm just saying, you know, they the, the sometimes you got to give the other guys credit, and they made and he made some amazing throws and, and at the, to get them in the field goal range. Chase Blackburn, where have you been all season? <laughs> Tremendous game. I mean, and and then you saw him really in that second half just taking a leadership role, and you saw him very vocal out there. It was very nice to see Chase Blackburn, and I liked what the offense did. I had no problem with the play calling the other night. I liked to see Jacobs running with some intensity, so maybe when Bradshaw is in the game, it gives Jacobs a little spark. But it was nice to see Ahmad Bradshaw back there. It didn't show in the numbers what he really means to this running game. And you and I have spoken for weeks now. We all know what kind of a talent Hakeem Nix is, and I think all of America was able to see it on this game that Hakeem Nix is really, really a good receiver, and Victor Cruz is a real weapon in this league. And and I'm just really liking what the Giants offense is doing. You know, you, you you give them a break because they started the game with Beattie at center, and it just looked like, Eli was going to have problems all day because the snaps were coming high all day. And I know me and you give Eli credit every week, but I'm going to give him even more credit this week because you noticed it, Eric. Almost every snap on a shotgun was high. Yeah, it it, it was a really a, a a very well-rounded performance, both running the football, throwing the football. When you consider that, just. A couple hours before the game, Mitch Petras is told he's starting at left guard. Kevin Booth's being told he's got to start at center. Um, of course, Deal moved back to left tackle the week before. And when you when you change up your offensive line like that, you you've got to. I mean, not, and granted, the, the Green Bay Packers haven't been playing great defense, but they can get after the quarterback and they get a lot of turnovers. And they, the Giants ran the football well, and they threw the football well. There was the one key mistake by Eli with the, with the turnover um, interception for return for a touchdown, but you know he did it again. I mean, they had to go down the field and get eight points, and and they did it. And um, you know they scored enough points to win that game. It, it's it. So yeah, you're you're 100 percent correct. The, the the offensive line, the play, the way it did, and. Hakeem Nix it had been sort of um, an afterthought in recent games, and you know, he he came came through big time, um, especially with those touchdown receptions. And I know you and I keep harping on Victor Cruz over and over again, but it's it's amazing, it's unbelievable what this guy has done this year. He's he is on pace to break the Giants. Uh, record for a wide receiver, um, Tumor's old record. Now he might not he might not do it, but he's on pace to break it. And for a guy out of the University of Massachusetts who wasn't drafted, and this is his first year playing, and he's not even technically a starter um, to do what he's doing. Even, they even asked Coughlin this week. They said they asked Tom. They said, "Have you ever seen anything like this?" And he, he had a one word answer. He said, "No." Um, and it's incredible. So I mean, if Victor Cruz has just been just been an unbelievable find for them, and and it, and the Giants did play well enough to win. It was, uh, it was just one of those games that it came down to the, the team that had it last, and and it's, it's unfortunate. But getting back to an earlier point that you made about you know the intensity, you figure in a, in a 16 game season there's going to be one or two games where your team just doesn't have it that you know, for whatever reason, they don't match the intensity of the other team. And it, ha- and it happens under all coaches, and it happens all, all the time throughout the NFL. What, what, what's 
troublesome with this team is it's happened more than one or two times. It happened in the Seahawks game. It happened against against the Eagles. It happened against New Orleans. It happened in, in the Redskins in the opener. If they had two more wins, if they had two more wins, they would be in first place, and and they wouldn't be in a do or die situation that they find themselves in now. Now, I, I, it's great that they're they're still in it, and and God bless the NFC East the way it is right now because they're six and six, and they have it all in their hands now. It's still great. And the other thing that you mentioned too, I'd like to throw out there: Chase Blackburn. He did great. It begs the question, though, why didn't they bring this guy back sooner? When the, when the rookie linebackers were struggling so much and they lost Greg Jones and they lost um, they lost John Goff. Uh, I'm sorry, they lost John Goff and, and Michael Boley went down. It makes you wonder, why didn't they bring this guy back on the roster earlier? Because you, you wonder, would he have made a difference maybe in one of the, one or two of those games to having a veteran presence there in the sec, in, in, at the linebacker position. And when you brought up the lack of intensity, you just mentioned the losses. Let's talk yep. about the wins that they had yep. against Miami and against Buffalo where they didn't show up for the first half. So, yeah, it's really troublesome seeing that this team, really, when they're playing, and, and the Giants don't match up talent-wise with the Green Bay Packers, it's clear, not many teams do. And the Giants went toe-to-toe with them, and it really, really felt so similar to the last game of the season against the New England Patriots, just the way the game was set up, the crowd, everything about it, and on how when it was that final drive, when Tom Brady needed to get a score, he did, and it was also left in Aaron Rodgers' hands, and he did. So all I can say is when I look at it as half full, let's hope this gives the Giants a springboard because look at it, Eric. I mean, that's a tough loss the other night. I would have liked, liked to see them end the Green Bay streak, but... The Giants have their destiny in their own hands, and this week is the game of the season. And I'm just happy it's on the road because I think the Giants play better on the road, and I think they'll be more focused on the road. But let's face it, the Giants are still in a very good position to control their own destiny. And we're going to come right back and talk about those Dallas Cowboys and this heated NFC East rivalry in the second segment of the show. This is Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy, Football NYC's Big Blue Breakdown Podcast. YesNetwork.com's award-winning coverage includes blogs and columns from the pros who have their pulse on New York sports. It's truly a one-stop source for all of the best videos, news, and information on the web. That's all at YesNetwork.com. Welcome back to the Big Blue Breakdown. Once again, here are Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy. Welcome back, everyone. Football NYC's Big Blue Breakdown podcast. Joe Callow, Eric Kennedy from the Big Blue Interactive website, the number one Giants fan message board on the web. And it is the hated Dallas Cowboys who really had a chance to put themselves in a great position last week. Thank God Jason Garrett, who is an ex-Giant, decided to call timeout and put the Giants in a very, very good position this week as they go down to Dallas, where they've played very well in the new stadium And let's just hope they can get it together this week and show us that intensity that we saw against the Green Bay Packers on both sides of the ball, Eric. Yeah, this is a a strange game for both teams because I've seen the last few Dallas games, and they should have lost to the Redskins. The Redskins had them, and and they blew it. And then on Thanksgiving, you could argue Miami for most of that game outplayed Dallas in that game. And then, of course, they lost to Arizona. So Dallas is a lot like the Giants in the sense that, you know, they're, they're losing to some teams or they're playing down to the level of competition of some teams here. 
And, you know, the Giants have fallen in that category, too. So it makes you wonder which Dallas Cowboy team is going to show up on Sunday, what Giants team is going to show up on Sunday. And this could go any way. I mean, you could you could have two intense teams playing great football. You could have one of these two teams not showing up and the other, and the, and the other one embarrassing them. You could have both teams not showing up and being a sloppy game and, and somebody wins that doesn't deserve the win. I'm really curious to see how both these teams are going to play. I, I agree with you 100%. I like playing down there I, even more than, than, than being, being at MetLife Stadium because for some reason Eli and the Giants play well in, in Dallas, and they always have done that. There's one game back in 2008 where they didn't, um, but for the most part the Giants go down there and they, they generally play fairly well, and the offense generally puts up a lot of points against the Cowboys. Um, defensively, we've got to be able to figure out how to slow people down. That's the problem. I think the Giants can go down there and, and score, but Perry Fuel's got to come up with something to, st- to, to stop the bleeding because because the Giants have given up almost like a 1,000 yards of offense the last two two weeks, and who knows how many points. I have to do the math here, but, but a lot of points, and and they've got to figure out a way here to, to stop the other team and get off the field because Dallas – you know they lost. They they only scored 13 points against Arizona, but they they have a lot of weapons on that team, um, both at receiver and now they got that that new running back Murray that 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 has put up some huge numbers in a couple of games. So they've got it. They've got it defensively. They got to figure some things out. And I think the Cowboys are going to play a very good game. I think based on the way they did lose the game the other day. And the way their coach, you know, went about everything. I like Jason Garrett. I think he's a really good guy. I knew him from his Giants days. He's a very smart man. And uh, forget about taking the over/under on how many times you're going to see Rob Ryan on the on the on the TV screen <laughs> on Sunday night because you know they show they him show more than him, the head coach. Yeah. Which I'm hoping they show him a lot because that means the Giants are probably beating up his defense. <laughs> That's the time when they show him because uh, they like to show him when he's angry. And, yep. I'm, and I'm hoping we see that a lot. And I'm also going to be anxious to see what the Giants' game plan is on offense because you saw a little bit of a running game last week, and I'd like to see if they try to establish that. And the weak part of the Dallas defense is their secondary. So if you got a guy like you know Victor Cruz and you got a guy like Hakeem Nix that are just sitting there waiting, I think the Giants could go to town on that secondary. So it's going to be interesting to see what the play calling is like this week. Yeah, in the last few games, uh, when they play down there, they go after that secondary. I know Dallas has got a new defensive coordinator now. You know, they went from Wade Phillips to Ryan here. But they, you know, early on, it seems like every time they go down there, they, they try to make a statement early by throwing deep. They, this goes way all the way back to when Plaxico was, was with the Giants. They like to come out and they like to throw downtown. And I, I think they feel comfortable still throwing against that secondary. So I, I would be, you know, the Giants are going to still try to maintain, be, be a balanced team. But I, I would be fairly shocked if they don't come out and, and try, to, try to hurt them defensively because the Dallas secondary is, is the weak spot of that team. The key offensively, I think, really is, is they've got to block the the Dallas pass rush. If they can block those guys up front, Dallas has got some good pass rushers um, and great pass rushers. Um, Demarcus Ware being first and foremost, but they got Anthony Spencer. Their, their nose tackle Ratcliffe is a good player. They they just got a lot of good players up front. But if they can block those guys up front, Eli should be able to do a lot of damage against this team um, in the passing game. And and you mentioned it earlier. 
Um, having Bradshaw back really helps, and, and and Brandon Jacobs hates hates Dallas. He just he just despises this team, and he usually play. He's pretty fired up to play this game too. So, I, again, I'm I'm fairly confident they'll be able to move the ball as long as the offensive line can play like it did against Green Bay last week. Yeah, and Demarcus Ware just really scares me. But you have to think the Giants are thinking about him. All week, so he's going to get some help over there. So I'm not really expecting a big game out of the Giants' tight ends, but maybe a couple of times if he could have them break off and escape and find an opening there. And I'm hoping the Giants utilize some screen passes because they take that aggressive Dallas front and they use some screen passes to get ahead. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm loving the way Eli is playing this season. Sure, it was a really bad interception against Green Bay, which I don't even think he even saw the guy come in. So, you know, I mean, you didn't hear either one of us defend him for that play in the first segment of the show, and me and you are the biggest Eli fans in the world. <laughs> and what we what it comes down to is the way the game was set up last week is that, sure, Eli threw a bad interception and it gave the Green Bay Packers a lead, but you mentioned it. When you needed Eli to take your team down the field to get eight points, what did he do? He got it. Got yeah. the eight points, and you just saw that the team just has so much confidence in him when he takes the field and when he needs to do those game-winning drives, those game-tying drives, I think I was listening to the Giants post-game show afterwards, and Justin Tuck was saying how it's so eerie how much confidence the Giants' defense has in Eli Manning when they need a score, which is a little scary, too, because that means the defense is kind of okay with giving up these touchdowns late in the game because they think Eli will just you know bring them back. But it's so weird how pretty much every game this year, except for the uh, maybe the Redskins game and the Saints game, where it either came down to Eli winning the game on the last drive or tying the game. So right. it wouldn't be a terrible thing if the Giants were in the situation this week on the road where they, you know, that means they're not getting blown out and the game is close. But I think every Giant fan expects to see a good effort out of this team this week. And if it gets Giant fans excited to know that the Giants could control their own destiny, I'm really hoping it just gets the players excited that they control their own destiny. Well, I think they are. I think you can sense it. You you can sense it this week that they're all, you know, it's Dallas week, and you can sense that they realize, they, let's be honest here, they're really, really fortunate to be still in this thing. They're at 6-6. Six and six. They're one game out of first place. If they win, if they win on Sunday, they're going to be tied with Dallas, but technically they'll be actually in first place because they'll have the head-to-head, and it'll set up really – um, they can actually afford to probably drop one of the two next games, and then it'll, it'll come down to that last game. This game, I mean, but you know, this game's huge, and 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 they should be very fort- They should feel very fortunate and very lucky that they're in this position, and it's all in front of them now. Whatever everything that's happened now, you got to put behind you. Like you said, it's a playoff game. Um, and it, to be honest with you, if they don't win this game, they really don't deserve to be in the playoffs. They're they're six and six, and they fall to six and seven um, with with you know losing the games that they've lost, which they should have won. You, you go to the playoffs when you deserve to go to the playoffs, and I mean if they if they make it this year, they're going to deserve it, and if they don't, they're not going to deserve it. Yeah, and me and you we're always talking about the NFC East, but if you take a step back and you look at the whole NFC wild card situation, the Giants had a terrific week last week. Yes, they did because of the losses of Atlanta and Chicago, who barely you know. They don't even have a quarterback. They don't have a running back. So, I mean, it could set up really, really well for the Giants. And I think, sure, that's a cop-out. And maybe you don't want to say the Giants should get into the playoffs like that. But I think I'm, I'm hoping that the players look at that and go, you know what, let's just play our butts off. If we lose one of these tight games, you know, and we play really hard, 
there's still a chance that we could still get a wild card because we both said, you know, we talked about last year and 10 wins is, is, is a great accomplishment in this league because it's not easy. And the Giants didn't make the playoffs last year with 10 wins. So maybe this year if they get to the nine wins and, and they do get into the playoff, it all, it all evens out. So like I said, as fans, we're trying to look at the glass half full. Uh, I have some other things that I'd just like to touch on that I've been pretty negative in the, in the past about Lawrence Tynes, and I think he's doing an absolutely wonderful job this year with field goals, and I like Weatherford's play and special teams. And I also got to tell you, JPP is going to make the Pro Bowl based on the performance he had the other day on national television because you didn't go three plays without hearing his name called. Yeah, and the thing is, is he's he's just scratching the surface of his potential. There was a really good article this week. Um, I forget which paper it was, but they they, they the, he, the, the the his teammates were still saying he is so raw. He they they still have to tell him sometimes where he needs to line up, and. They say when 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 it clicks for him, he is going to be something else. And you know, let's just knock on wood and hope he never gets hurt here with any serious injury. Because if he keeps his head on straight and he stays healthy, we're we're looking at somebody who could be a really really dominant player. Because he's not he just doesn't have the physical package, which is tremendous. But he hustles. He's got you know he has it all. He has the combination of desire plus the physical ability, and. You know, even in the Saints game the the other night, um, the Giants are getting killed in that game, and he is still playing as hard as anybody could possibly play in that game. You got other guys that you know that that weren't playing that hard on the Giants' defense, but he certainly was. And to see that kind of hustle, even in a blowout, for a player of his caliber, he's you know he is just he's the best player on the defense right now. And and in a way, the Umanora injury was a net probably a net gain for the Giants in the sense that, that JPP is on the field more. It hurts them in the sense that it would have been nice to have a, a fresher pass rusher, but if if Umanura does come back, man, if I'm the head coach, Umanura is the guy I bring off the bench. JPP stays on the field until he needs a break, and then you know Umanura comes in to give him a breather. I'm sure Umanura would hate that, but that that's the way I go because JPP is the best defensive player on this team. Absolutely, and if everybody on the team played with his motor, the, the Giants would be the undefeated team this year because JPP's yep. just got some motor. And I really think it's going to be another game on Sunday night where we're going to see that, that, that talent in JPP going after Tony Romo, and let's hope that the Giants – Come with that intensity. And look, this really sets up for a fantastic last month of the season because you look at it, you got at Dallas, then you got the Washington Redskins who are a division rival, then you got the New York Jets on Christmas Eve, and then to finish the season against the hated Cowboys again. So, really, as a Giant fan, you really can't ask for more about the next month with the competition. And I'm just hoping that the Giants, you know, let's let's just hope they take it week by week. And I know a guy like Tom Coughlin. And I'm very confident in Eli Manning looking at it that way, and I'm just hoping they're preparing the rest of the team like that. And Eric, we'll be right back here next week to talk to you about the Dallas Cowboys and to look ahead to the Washington Redskins. So I thank you for joining us each and every week here on the Big Blue Breakdown Podcast. And until next week, folks, let's go Giants, stay true, stay blue.